Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all, I literally don't know if I'm depressed, happy, sad. I don't know what I'm feeling. Y'all know WandaVision comes out tomorrow if you're listening to this the day that this podcast is released. But I have been going through so much these past two weeks. I'm literally Usher. I'm about to give y'all my confessions. Listen, I would basically be Usher. You know, if if I, you know, he got a little more money than me. He he had a couple of, you know, wives. Uh, 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 you know, he a lot better looking than me. He could sing, you know, but besides all of that stuff, it's really not that much of a difference between me and Usher. And it's time for me to tell y'all why. Oh Lord. I got to give y'all my confessions. Y'all it's your weekly reality TV roundup episode of me and you, the housewives and Marvel two. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 1-2-3. 
grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Y'all, boy, boy, I've been waiting to record this episode. One, I had to get my damn strength back. I would have came to y'all earlier this week. <laughs> you already see if you hear my voice, I'm struggling a little bit. Y'all, I got to tell you. Oh, Lord. Y'all, I got the Rona. I got the damn Rona. I ain't. T- I know all my, my other podcasters and all my other... Uh, my my friends that I've made along this journey, I know y'all are like, what? Because I hadn't told y'all. I wanted y'all to hear it along with everybody else. Y'all, me and my damn near whole family have been battling Miss Rona the past I don't know how long. Now, look, if you listen to the last episode, you remember I gave y'all that precursor about me having a little cough and excuse me if I start coughing and yada, yada, yada. A lot of y'all slid in my DMs and were like, okay, go get tested just to be safe and all like that. I'm like, no, because, you know, I'm I'm quarantining right now. Nothing major. I'm not having any other side effects other than this, like, random itch in my throat. Child. Let me take y'all ass back to the beginning. (laughs) Now, let me go ahead and warn y'all. Look, I'm the typical black person, okay? Y'all know black people. It's ingrained in us. You know, it's... It's a part of our history. We have laughed through a lot of pain. Don't take this as me making light of the situation or anything like that. Just know that, you know, you have to keep, you have to laugh to keep from crying. I'm the typical, you know, we always say, (laughs) I know white people might not have heard this, but we always say that, you know, the slaves on the plantation were probably cracking on Massa. Every time he walked in the house, they were probably in the field roasting his ass. Like, you see them last pants Massa had on. You, I know if we're as funny as we are now, I know slaves were funny as hell. They had to laugh to get through all of the hurt and to endure everything they were going through back in the day. So when I say that I have to laugh to keep from crying, I generally, I, I mean that. So I'm not making light of coronavirus and all of that. I'm literally just... Telling y'all my experience the only way I know how. And y'all know that's from the perspective of a damn fool. So let me just go ahead and rewind about, ooh, what, three weeks now? Two weeks? I don't even know. Let me just take y'all back to the beginning and take y'all up to today. So I think I told y'all last week that my family, like literally every, my, so when I say my family, I'm talking about my dad's side of family. You know, my dad passed back in 2016. But I've always been like super close to my dad's side of the family. That's all my cousins. You know, black folk and their cousins. You know, it's a thousand cousins. And so it's about a good like eight, nine, ten of us that are always together. So this past year during this corona, you know, it's been hard for us because we've barely gotten together. We're used to being together at least like all of us once a week. And that's like, you know, light. Like we're used to being together a lot. We all travel together, everything. They haven't been, they've been like really good. Like they're not the people you see out in the clubs during coronavirus. They've all been very, 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 very good during this. They haven't been out. They, uh, you know, they're really good about washing their hands and hand sanitizer. They mask, you know, we, all of that. We listen to Dr. Fauci. You hear me? We all decided that, okay, we have a cousin who's a nurse, by the way. So she gets tested regularly coming into town to spend the holidays with us. We'll just get together. Us are like our same little group and, uh, you know, have a good time. 
chat we got together and a good time was damn near I'm, i mean it, it damn sure was had we got together i'm talking about we was tussy rolling we was cabbage patching we was crybabying we taking shots uh, we, we, we got the music going, you know, they got a little Megan the Stallion playing. I'm so indecisive. He can't cover me, but I'm wife. You know, it's going down at Christmas at some point that night. I don't know who said it first, but one of my cousins was like, man, I kind of have a headache. Maybe I should stop drinking. Literally everybody else in the room was like, damn, I think I got a headache too. And like, we, we are not lightweights. Let me tell y'all that like we, when it come to drinking, we can drink. Do you hear me? I'm talking about I can, my, now, the way my stomach is lined. I got a stomach lined like a damn uh, trash can. I can go from vodka to henny to wine to spritzers. I can drink it all and then uh, still be okay the rest of the night. Like I, we, I can drink. Don't feel. But when I was getting a headache, I was like, okay, it's a little something wrong, you know. But didn't think anything of it. The very next day. My older cousin calls me who I have another cousin is her daughter. She calls me and she says that both her and uh, the daughter's husband both aren't feeling well today. One has a very bad headache and sick. The other one like felt like their heart was kind of racing, you know, all these kind of things. She said they're going to get emergency like Corona testing. I said, oh, shit. I'm like, here y'all go with the bullshit. So I'm sitting on pins and needles waiting to hear back. You know, they get that rapid test, which, by the way, if you want to get coronavirus tested, do not get rapid tested. That shit, I've heard so many people, including my own family members, because now we've all gone through it. All of them have who have done the rapid testing, I know so many people that have gotten false negatives and then turned out they ended up getting positive, like, days later. It's crazy. Don't get, so don't. Fool yourself and get rapid tested. Just go get regular tested where they got to put the results online or call you the next day or something like that. Now, you will be uh stressed the hell out them 24 hours. I'm going to tell you that. But it's it's better to know your damn results than to get that rapid test. Then you all out in the streets tussing rolling and shit. So, listen, I'm sitting there waiting to hear back. Probably like an hour goes by. My cousin texts me all capital letters. They're positive. I said, oh, shit. So we have a doctor in my family. He says, okay, y'all don't panic. <laughs> Do not panic. Y'all just, you know, wait, quarantine, see if you got any symptoms. If you do, then, uh, you know, go get tested. If not, they're not going to let you test anyway. So if you don't have any, just stay, you know, home quarantine. So we take this advice. After about a couple of days, a couple of other family members start saying that they're having symptoms too. They end up going to get tested. Some were negative, some were positive. So I'm like, okay, this is weird. It wasn't hitting everybody, but it was hitting some. One of the people that said they tested negative was my cousin, who's the nurse. She was like, I got rapid tested. It's all good. I'm fine, but I'm quarantining just in case too. I'm like, cool. I'm doing the same thing. So, you know, I'm sitting in my den for a full week, not doing that. I'm wearing my mask whenever I'm walking through the house and all like that. Time goes by. It's about mm, maybe 10 or 11 days at this point. They tell me I can stop wearing my mask. I'm like, cool. One day later, my mom calls me and says, I'm not feeling well at all. 
She said, I had very, very, very bad body chills last night. Like my body was aching and everything. And she says, I've developed a very bad cough. I said, oh, shit. So I'm like, okay, that's it. I said, we are all, let's, let's just pack up the car and let's go get Rona tested. Me, her, and my sister, and the damn puppy, ain't that some shit? All of us riding, you know, like we, uh, like we the damn flight of the bumblebee going down there to get tested for damn COVID. It's a drive-thru. Side note, there was nobody in that damn line, which I didn't understand. So we drove and we, you know, going to get tested. My county is apparently like one of the highest in the country. Like I'm in Memphis for y'all. Most of y'all know that. I'm in Memphis. Our county was supposedly like one of the highest at some point. I don't know if it still is or what, but wasn't nobody down there. I'm like, okay, maybe we just found a good location or either y'all ass is just staying at home dying. I don't, I don't know what the hell happening. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm gonna count my blessings. Cause I came on my damn lunch break anyway. And by lunch break, I mean, you know, I work from home now. <laughs> so don't think that I left my job to, you know, go didn't no, I, I literally, uh, put my slippers on and I took my ass down there. So we all get down there, us and the damn dog. <laughs> we in the line. The people asking, okay, you know, what are your symptoms? We tell her my mom's symptoms. She's like, okay, yeah, we need to definitely test you. And then she's like, well, what are y'all symptoms? At that point, I was, I still hadn't had in, not a one symptom. And so my sister hadn't had anything either. She's like, well, I got kind of a headache. And, you know, my throat hurting, too, and all like that. And she kind of looking at her crazy, like, mm, okay, girl, let me go and test you, too. She asked me. I'd forgotten that I was supposed to lie and tell them people I had symptoms. So I'm up there like, I'm okay. My sister nudged me. She's like, your ass ain't okay. I'm like, oh, I mean, uh, well, and then being honest, because then I did remember that I was having one symptom. I was kind of, you know, that throat coughing kind of scratchy thing ended up kind of turning into congestion. So I didn't think. I could smell because my nose was stopped up. So I was like, well, I've lost my sense of smell. And I, but I said, but I'll be honest. I don't know if it's because I'm congested or what else I said, but I'm also having headaches and you know, this other stuff too. She's like, okay, well loss of smell. That's definitely a symptom. So we need to get you tested too. So she's going around the car, testing the people. And, and I'm the last one. She come over to me. Let me tell y'all something. That lady took that damn Q-tip. Oh, baby. She took that cute, that lady was hopscotching and a uh, little Sally Walkering and double dutching all in my goddamn nose. Oh, if you don't get this goddamn Q-tip out of my nose, I'm talking about she having the time of her life in my damn nose. I did. She clint every booger out of my nose that I had. You would have thought she was that damn, uh, that damn shaman that DeAndre was seeing on the Real Housewives of Dallas. The way that lady was playing in my goddamn nose. I, if you don't get this shit out of my damn nose. And she's like, okay, got it. She put it in her little bag and she walked the hell off. We leave. She's like, okay, y'all, uh, before we leave, she's like, okay, well, uh, this isn't rapid. So you'll have your results. Just log in on the sheet of paper. Like it tells you, you can look online. It'll tell you, you know, uh, what's the tea. So we like, okay, cool. Boom. We go back home. You know, my mom is still like, uh, two sheets to the wind. Uh, my sister is a little panicked, but not panic, panic. She's still like not having any symptoms either. The nose thing was the only thing for me. I'm like, okay, I can't smell nothing. And by the way, I had just gotten a new candle from Amanda in the mail too. Y'all know Amanda from the It's All Happening podcast. 
I just got a new candle. I couldn't smell it. I was like, oh, this is the worst shit in the world. Oh, damn. Y'all know I love them damn candles. I about, listen, I'm the only, I'm probably the only man in America that has a candle budget that I set aside out of every single paycheck. <laughs> I needs my candles. Do you hear me? I sat there and I was like, okay, damn, I can't smell that. I'm like, whatever. I go to sleep after watching some move, probably some, you know how you go lay down and go to sleep and then the movie fuck around and get good. I think that's what had happened, but I made it through that movie. I turned on another one and I finally fell asleep. Sometime just like randomly in the morning, probably around five or six, I wake up. I probably went to use a restroom or something. I don't know. But when I got back to uh, my bed, I was like, you know what? Let me actually log on here and check to see. Chap. I looked on their website. That thing said Rona detected. I said, oh, shit. I said, I didn't got the damn Rona. I said, not only that, it had been damn near two weeks since exposure. At that point, it had been exactly two weeks since exposure. So I'm like, I should have been in a damn clear. Now I got to be quarantining all over again. I'm mad as hell. I'm sad as hell. I'm scared as hell. I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling bad right now. So let me just get over it. Child later, why I said that later on that day, my ass started feeling bad. I was, I still haven't had nearly as bad of symptoms as my, as my mom has. Cause she's had body aches on and off, but she's feeling a lot better. Just so you know, she's had really bad body aches and a cough and all this kind of stuff. I've been mostly like congested. Like one morning I woke up, could barely breathe. I'm like, Oh Lord. I, my, uh, my sister's boyfriend bought me this thing called air. It's a saline nasal mist. And I was, I, it, 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 it felt like somebody took a sword and stabbed it up my damn nose, but I bet you I could breathe after that. Whew. So I just had to, had to do a little confessing for y'all. Cause I wanted y'all to know that I got the Rona, but I'm alive. I'm making it. I think we're coming out of it now because both of us have been feeling a lot better than we had been. But what's crazy is, because I want to tell y'all this is like a warning. My family, who has like not been out or anything, decided to spend Christmas together. And one person, we found out that uh, it was my cousin's husband who got it from his brother. His brother came to see him one day that week. And it turns out his boss had it and then let the co- let the workers know after he had already visited him. And so it spread like the plague. But I want to let y'all know because it's just that easy to get this damn disease so whoo y'all be safe out there we're all good over here two of my friends since all of this i'm talking about two friends who are always like one of them has not left the city has barely left her apartment nothing she even she thinks she has it now it's just that so many people have it that it's spreading like crazy and it's y'all be careful it's just crazy. Now, don't, you know, don't cry for me, uh, Lilith Ann, <laughs> or whatever the damn saying is. You know, I make up my own shit. I don't care. I just don't cry for me. I'm okay. As far as, like, symptoms and everything goes, I'm one of the ones I would consider on the better end. I think I've been spared of most of the, the you know, the bad kind of symptoms. I will tell you, the one thing that who really has been bugging me is this smell thing. Because if I know I've told y'all before, you know, I buy cologne, like I buy soap. I'm so, I like, I, I'm particular about the way I smell. Every time you smell me, it's because I bought like some artisanal soaps. And I go to a place called Buff City Soap here in Memphis that I buy so many different soaps and 
all kind of stuff. I I love my soaps and I love my colognes. The worst thing about this damn coronavirus is that I never know how the hell I'm smelling. I don't know if I'm smelling like uh three ass cheeks flapping in the wind or if I smell like uh Dolce and Gabbana. I genuinely don't know. So I just shower every time I get nervous. <laughs> and then I got to clean the damn shower out with Lysol and all this. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. But you know what? I'm alive, so let me not say nothing. They say it comes back after a while. I ain't got my damn, uh, I ain't got my smell back yet. Luckily, my big ass ain't lost my taste. I'm still around here tasting and uh, eating everything in sight. Not, you know, some days I've been a little, you know, my appetite was a little, but, you know, some days I eat a little more than others, but, you know, I've been having soups and all this kind of stuff, drinking my juices, taking my vitamins, all that kind of stuff. But if any of you get COVID, just slide in my DM. I'll tell you what all we did because we have been doped the hell up, okay? <laughs> and I don't mind telling y'all because I want all y'all to stay safe, stay alive, yada, yada, yada. But I thought I would give y'all a little bit of a message and give y'all a little humor too with it. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into some of these damn reality shows. First up, I want to talk to y'all about, so if you're listening to this, the day this podcast comes out Friday, which should be tomorrow. There is a new reality show that I'm adding to the mix. It comes from the King of reality TV himself, Carlos King, AKA kingdom rain entertainment. The man, I, I promise you, I'm not getting paid for this. I just am a fan of every single reality TV show that he has done. The man for y'all who don't know, he has a new show coming out called bell collective and it's coming out on OWN, which is Oprah's network. The man is behind some of the best seasons of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. He's behind the first 15 on, uh, oh, what channel did they come on? I don't know if that was We or one of those channels. He was behind R&B Divas. He was behind uh, uh, Hollywood Divas. There are so many shows that he's done. Love and Marriage Huntsville. That man is the GOAT of reality TV. And he has a new reality TV show coming out tomorrow called bell collective. Now, a lot of us have watched the first episode already because they put it up early on YouTube. If you go to owns uh YouTube channel, they have the first premiere episode up. I watched it again today cause it was so good. Oh my God. And what's crazy is the premiere episode for a brand new show already has about 700,000 views. So that tells you like what word of mouth is doing about this show. Those of you that follow me on Instagram, y'all know I've been talking about this show nonstop. It is hilarious. I've been talking about that and Ho House, <laughs> House of Ho on HBO uh, Max. There are a couple of different reality shows I've been talking about nonstop, but I want to take the time. I don't want to do a recap of the first episode because I want y'all to watch it live. I want us all to start watching this show every Friday or, you know, set your DVR, do whatever so that you can, we can all start talking about it on, uh, on, you know, these episodes. And then I'll start next week. I'll give you the recap of the premiere. But what I want to do is I want to go ahead and talk to you about some of the actual ladies that are going to be on the show. These women are everything and are hilarious too. So the show is set in Jackson, Mississippi. Now that should tell you enough right there. Already, I, I know my country. I couldn't wait to see 
these people in action because I know some country ass people from Jackson, Mississippi. And let me tell you something. These women, when it comes to being country, do not disappoint. If y'all think my ass is country, there's some country ass people on this show. But they're rich as hell. And that's what we like to see. So they're in Jackson, Mississippi. The show centers around five different women. You have Letitia. You have Latrice, Antoinette, Marie, and Tambra. Now, let's start with Tambra. Tambra is a full-time DJ. She wants to be like one of the most well-known DJs across America. And the first scene we get with her is her interviewing the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. One of the reasons I love this show so much is this scene alone. They talk, they don't do like some kind of fluff interview where it's like, you know, let's meet the mayor of the town. Let's, you know, ha, ha, ha. What do you, do you watch reality TV? You know, none of that shit. They're talking about the Confederate flag in Jackson, Mississippi being removed for the first time. That man says, I don't know what they're going to put it, but it's not going to be flying over my damn head. I know that's right. They talk about black female entrepreneurs and the number of entrepreneurs that they make up now and how successful black female entrepreneurs are. And they talk about being raised by black mothers, all these different types of things that we don't see in reality TV nearly enough. They're talking about all of that. And plus the DJ, the the mayor is a good looking man. So y'all enjoy seeing that alone. Okay. Now, one of my favorites, the next one is Letitia. Letitia is funny as hell. And she's kind of like, it seems like she's kind of the nucleus of the group. She is a wife. She's a mother. She's a friend. She's a bell. And she says, <laughs> oh, by the way, this show is called the bell collective. It's meaning Southern bell. It's like five different versions of Phaedra parts have come together and made a reality TV show. As Kaya from the uh, Bravo while black podcast says, Phaedra had a whole lot of sons and they got together and made a reality TV show. And by the way, she's just as obsessed with it as I am. So that should tell y'all that enough right there for y'all to get hooked. So Letitia, she's also the CEO of the National Women's Brunch Organization. And she's the one that's leading this movement that we in the black community know as Buy Back the Block. For y'all that don't aren't familiar with this concept, it's basically saying, okay, here's an area, whether it's impoverished and kind of downtrodden, or it's, you know, more upscale, but not owned by any of the residents nearby. It's saying literally buy back the block. Let's get some people together. Let's get ownership in all of this and let's rebuild this area up for our community. And so she's kind of leading that, uh, that movement in one of the areas in Jackson, Mississippi. Now I don't know nothing about country ass Jackson, Mississippi. So I can't tell you what area, but just know she's trying to buy back the block. The reason I love her so much she is hilarious. She was on FaceTime with her husband. Her husband is a towboater. So he's away for like weeks at a time. Then he comes back and stays with her for like weeks at a time. And then he's gone again. So during those times, you know, she's talked about how they've had infidelity before. But, you know, they always real horny because they don't get to see each other and stuff. And she has named both of her titties. Yes, you heard that right. She has named both of her titties. You know how Portia has Coco and Chanel? Well, she has Mercy and Grace. And her husband was talking about how much he misses Mercy. You know, what's, what's Grace doing? Listen, that's the kind of shit I like to see, okay? <laughs> just just ridiculousness on my TV screen, and I love to see it. The next woman that we get to discuss is Latrice. 
Latrice is the owner of Goddess Length Virgin Hair, which is the number one hair vendor of the South. Yes, God. Okay, Latrice, do your thing. And you know what? I love her story. So I hate. I would love for y'all to see this, but I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all uh, what like one of her business stories is. So she started doing kind of really well with her hair and becoming a vendor. She got so successful that she started putting her hair in vending machines in a certain mall. Man, those people came from far and wide. And one of the owners in the mall, or like maybe he was the general manager of the mall, something, he took a video to show his boss of how many people were going to these vending machines and buying hair. They ended up reaching out to her and giving her a contract to put vending machines in all of their malls across America. Now, see, that's what I'm talking about. I, th that's what I like to see. She has an older husband that she calls Zaddy. I forgot his real name. He looks like a damn uh, uh, Reginald. I don't know. He he, he looked like one of them slick-talking-ass motherfuckers. <laughs> we just gonna call him Zaddy for the point of this. Heavenly is married to Daddy, and uh, Latrice is married to Zaddy. So y'all just remember that. Heavenly Daddy. Latrice Zaddy. Heavenly Daddy. Latrice Zaddy. Okay. Look, the girls don't see it for uh, Zaddy, okay? <laughs> she got a whole thing, a, a salon full of people. She asking them why they can't go out. They like, look, you know Daddy ain't gonna let you off that leash and all like that. For some reason, Latrice and Zaddy remind me of Tamar and Vince. I don't know if it's because they're Velcro or what it is, but y'all know Tamar and Vince used to do that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're Velcro and oh. Oh, there's Velcro and then, ooh, there go Velcro. Do that little song and all like that. Used to always be together. Chat, now you can't pay them to be in a room together. Ain't that some shit? Anyway, let me uh, get out them people business. Y'all know I don't want uh, Mama Braxton cussing me out. You know Mama Braxton. She can cuss in that. She claimed to be for the Lord, but she'll cuss you the hell out now. Don't play about Mama Braxton. The next lady you meet in the episode is Marie. Now, I can already tell Marie is going to be, Marie going to keep up a lot of mess, but it's going to be mess that I love to see every single week on this show. Marie, that's a multimillionaire. She's the owner of the Hamilton Davis Home Care Centers. And now she's considered to be like one of the, well, I don't know if one of, she's considered to be the first black woman to provide mental health mental health services to kids, adults, everybody. I don't know if it's in Mississippi or in Jackson or what, but she's considered the first. So go ahead. You, you're doing the Lord's work, Marie, and you're messy too. See, if you can do the Lord's work and be messy, you might kind of television. I love to see it. Child, she go, I don't want to ruin anything for y'all because I want y'all to watch the episode, but man, oh man, when Marie shows up to that brunch <laughs> that uh not Latrice Letitia that Letitia throw Marie keeps up so much shit but you better believe I love every minute of it and last but not least y'all are gonna get to meet Antoinette now Antoinette comes across as you know a little budgie she's a little bit budgie you know Miss Peggy you know but we like Antoinette she's a dentist just like Dr. Heavenly she's a dentist and she's opening up her own practice she was in an interracial relationship but apparently it went south they were together for like seven years married for three and then pfft, it went kaput I don't know what happened but you better believe if y'all follow me on Instagram y'all saw that picture I posted of her and her husband <laughs> am I messy uh, just a little bit not not mainly messy but just a little bit messy I want y'all to fall in love with these women like all of us that watched did. 
because I really want to talk about them. Carlos King does not disappoint. So let's plan on adding them to the rotation. Again, if you want to watch the premiere a little early, just go on OWN's YouTube channel and look for The Bell Collective. I think the episode was posted about maybe two weeks ago, week and a half ago, something like that. If not, watch live on Friday or DVR for Friday. It comes out on the 15th. Same day as WandaVision, but you know, I'll, I'll have watched WandaVision 38 times by then. So I want us all to watch it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Man, let's go ahead and talk about The Bachelor. So since obviously I told y'all I got COVID, I'm not going to have a lot of energy to do a whole long thing about The Bachelor. And honestly, it didn't give a whole lot this week, but there are a couple things I wanted to pull from it to kind of discuss with you. And the first thing being, there were a couple of instances where Matt was kissing with his eyes open. Now I know, you know, as a, I'm a true crime connoisseur, uh, a quote unquote crime junkie, but I don't know. I, I know that we've learned the, the traits of a sociopath, but I feel like that needs to be one too. Like, I don't know who to contact. I don't know if I need to contact Guinness <laughs> or uh, the World Health Organization, or the CDC, or who, I don't know who I need to contact, but kissing with your eyes open, that's got to be a serial killer trait. I don't know what it is. Somebody need to check Matt's backyard, see what kind of bones and skeletons are back there. Y'all better look for, is, is Rachel Lindsay okay? Somebody go check on Rachel Lindsay, or somebody, listen, I called it out, because I don't know too many more of them damn bachelors. I know JoJo Siwa, <laughs> and I know damn, uh, Rachel Lindsay and Tasia, hell, and Claire, but, but half of them was on one damn season, so, hell, I ain't doing too much. That man was kissing with his eyes open. Now, I don't know if he was kissing Victoria with his eyes open because she crazy and he didn't want nothing to happen while he was kissing her or what was going on, but if I look up and you staring at me while we kiss, that's some scary ass shit. I don't know how I feel about that. Matt, you, you, all right, you go have, all right, <laughs> I don't, it, I, that, that's a little, that's a little scary now, but if if y'all like it, I love it. Y'all seem to be in love with Matt James. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all do what you do. I, ugh, I don't know. That's a little creepy to me. You know, I'm, I'm always, I don't know if it's because I watch so much true crime. Like I'm always watching like unsolved mysteries or forensic files or listening to a, a crime junkie podcast, you know, all of that. I don't know if it's because of that or what, but I feel like I'm always looking for traits in people that I feel like if I see them on the news in a couple of weeks and they're like, so-and-so, so-and-so found dead bodies in the back of their backyard, I could be like, you know what? I always saw that coming. I'm not even surprised. Kissing with your eyes open got to be one of them things, but apparently it's not as uncommon as i thought i look i I researched yeah i did a little research afterwards and it was a little i don't know i'm just gonna consider all y'all psychopaths okay (laughs) don't get my dms talking about well me and my husband y'all both killers that's all i need to know okay i know about the valentine's day killers i know about the romeo and juliet killers i know about all that y'all are just next in line y'all crazy as hell but that's okay queen victoria you were doing a lot on this episode. Now, look, I know that <laughs> The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like any other reality show, you got to keep us entertained. I know you got to do the most 
cut up, do the fully woo. You know, you got to do anything you can to keep your audience engaged and keep your show trending number one on Twitter. But Victoria, Queenie, Queen Victoria, La Mama, you was doing a lot. You was picking fights and arguments every single chance you got. And then had the nerve to tell them, man, them people were bullying you. If that ain't some uh <laughs> some Bravo shit, I don't know what is. That's some you could be a real housewife one day. Only a real housewife can sit up and keep up so much shit and then turn around and make herself the victim. If that ain't some Kenya Moore, Camille Grammer, uh, 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 who else? Everybody else on the damn shows, Ramona Singer. If that ain't some of y'all shit, I don't know what is. But you know what? That girl, I think her name was Marianne, Maryland, Maryland, Marianne. Even got sands in the Maryland. Bahamas in the spring. Baby, it's a big mama thing. Can't tell by the diamonds on my ring. Guess how many times I wanna. 21 and another one and another one and another one. Okay. I, you actually convinced this girl to apologize to you. Now, see, that's why I can't be on a reality show. I'm way too practical of a person to give into any of that kind of foolishness. We would have been some cussing, arguing motherfuckers in there. All let the, I was about to say at the La Quinta, child. We left the, we left the La Quinta. We all wear Nima Colon. They put that man in the castle and gave Clarentasia uh, the back <laughs> the back seat of somebody to pick up the film this show in. But you know what? Y'all got it done. So I'm not mad at you, Tasia. Okay. I'm I'm shocked. Victoria, if one of them girls would have put their hands on you, I wouldn't have faulted them. You was keeping up a whole lot of shit. And see, I believe the black girls don't want to come across however uh people want to paint black women. But somebody needed to get off in your ass because they was just looking at you like, all right, Victoria, keep, keep that shit over there. <laughs> keep keep it over there. Now, you you know who to, you, all right, keep it over there. The, Victoria, you got to calm down, Queenie. You know, I gave you a nickname last week. I, I prefer to talk about the Bachelor women in terms of Flavor Flav names. So that's going to be Queenie. We might need to call her uh, whatever the Queen's name was in that movie with uh olivia coleman and uh emma stone whatever that movie because she was crazy than the motherfucker we gonna call you that from now on G- give me time to look that up that's gonna be your new damn nickname chat at the end of the episode did anybody else flash back when that girl i don't know if she locked her knees or what happened but somebody got dizzy lightheaded almost passed out for some reason, the girl walked up behind the couch and laid her ass down. <laughs> now, why you wouldn't take this lady to get medical attention, I never know. But they sat her ass down behind that couch, and Matt came rushing over. They trying to see what's wrong with her. Did anybody else flash back to America's Next Top Model? Do y'all remember? Oh my God, what was that girl's name? I think it was Rebecca. I think that was her name because Rebecca and Tiffany were the ones standing up there when Tiffany got chewed out by Tyra. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. No, the hell we wasn't. Well, I was kind of rooting for you, Tiffany, but it was a lot of other girls that season that I liked a little more. You was giving, um, you know, Tiffany, you was kind of giving, you know how when you, you know, they said modeling is free when you, <laughs> when you real good at it. 
Tiffany, you was kind of given like, I'm going to go to Dillard's and they go tell me I could be a model, but it's going to cost $500 up front. That's kind of what you was given. You know, you come with them long ass heels and stuff like that. And then they'll take your picture. But then you got to send it off to your own company. It's like, we ain't going to do everything for you. That's kind of what you gave. It was a couple of the girls that seemed a little more natural. But then that, that lady cussed you out and sent you home anyway. So I felt bad for you. So. I hope you still <laughs> modeling to this day. I don't know what the hell you're doing. I don't know how the hell I started talking about. What the hell was I? Oh, I'm talking about these people fainting and stuff. That's what I flashed back to when I was watching this moment. That just goes to show you how long reality TV has been ingrained in my fibers, in my, my, my being. It manifests me I don't know how to how to say it it just did I don't know but with that being said whoo I hope that lady all right <laughs> the main thing I wanted to talk about though is there was a story that came out and like everybody covered it like I feel like if, if something like the bachelor or the bachelorette ever makes it to the shade room that's a big story this story made it to the shade room where Matt James says that he feels offended that everyone assumes that his winner is white. I'm going to just sit there with y'all for a minute and then we're going to discuss. So y'all moment of silence. Y'all think about that for a moment. Okay. So Matt, if everybody feels like that, it's got to be a reason, and I'm going to tell you the reason. The reason is that preemptive-ass speech that you felt the need to give Chris Harrison on the premiere episode. Had you not done that, we could have thought that you'd pick any one of those girls. But since you did that, saying how, oh, well, you know, uh, I just feel like black people want me to pick someone black. But, you know, I'm black and white, and I've got to, you know, be there for, you know, both sides. Boy, that was the reason why everybody felt like you were going to pick a white woman. Now, see, y'all know black folk don't take no serious. Them folk got writing them comments saying that I bet they refilming the, <laughs> the finale right now. <laughs> now, if they are, I definitely believe that. Matt probably called Chris Harrison today. Probably say, hello, uh, Chris, is this you? I don't know. I don't know why I got him talking like Tiger Woods, but he, you know, he gives. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris. Chris, this is Matt James. Yeah, can you? Uh, we we got to shoot the we got to shoot the finale again. Over. We 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 got to do it again. No, can you call and see if see if Tree London is available to to shoot the finale again? Yeah, Tree London. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, she, she. I have eliminated her the first episode, but still, call her. Let's get her over here. You know, maybe I don't think the fans will notice. We'll just bring her back in just for one episode. We'll act like I took her out on a couple of dates. I'll say I love her. And then a couple of weeks, we'll just, we'll break up. We'll say that uh, the COVID separation just really got to us. Yeah. I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it, Chris. You know, uh, Tree London. I, I She was hot anyway. I, I, I liked her. I don't know. She was, she was all right. Had a little junk in the trunk. Let's see what she's, you know, she's talking about. Listen, Matt, <laughs> you go pick who you want. Pick who you want. But if you're doing this damn speech. Talking about you hate how everybody assume you picked a white woman and you end up picking a white woman. These people are not going to let you live that down. Now, see, we were already expecting you to pick a white woman because of the speech. But now if you saying that y'all shouldn't make assumptions. Oh, now, now you got to you got to pick somebody like Latina. You got to pick somebody black. 
uh shit afro latina you gotta pick something now asian now now you uh set up here and put your damn foot in your mouth it ain't our fault man you did it to yourself and guess what i'm gonna let you live with it because it ain't my damn business let's go ahead and move on to the real housewives of atlanta Atlanta this week was one of those episodes that was fun to watch, but it didn't necessarily give a lot to extrapolate from, you know, you know, I throw out them vocabulary words here and now and then I probably use that shit wrong as hell, but it didn't give a lot to really kind of, uh, you know, discuss in depth. It was a good episode though. One thing that amazed me is that we still, after all the Porsche has been on the housewives for damn near a decade now. And we still learned stuff about her and her family that we never knew. We got to hear her in London and her mom tell stories about her father and the relationship with him. And it's funny because it relates right back to her relationship with men, in specific with Dennis. She talks about how her relationship with Dennis, you know, she's saying that uh, she's nobody's victim, basically. She, uh, you know, she wanted to have a baby with that man. She wanted to marry that man, you know, yada, yada, yada. I still don't know what the status of their relationship is in real life. Because it seems like they be together a whole lot. But Chad, ain't no damn telling. I don't know. Uh, that ain't my business to know. As a matter of fact, I'm, at, I'm, I'm done with it, Portia. I don't know what to say to you. But it was funny her saying, you know, she, uh, her and Lauren talking about, uh, you know, she's like, I'm nobody's victim. You know, I, I wanted that man, you know, I, I saw him. I was like, Ooh, he got a job. Ooh, he owned his own business. Ooh, he ain't got no kids. Ooh, he said, I'm fine. Ooh, he loved me. Ooh. And then she said, look, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I know that's right. Portia. Look on paper. Dennis is the bomb in real life. I don't know what the hell he is. He, uh, uh, <laughs> A goddamn war machine, a, a tank. I don't know what the hell he is. He's something. He's something military grade. That's for damn sure. But I just, uh, I don't know. Portia, y'all need to figure that shit out. But it was funny how you really realize her talking about how she didn't have a father during her dating years really affected the man that she went after. And Lauren was saying, you know what? Well, I lost him when I was 10, so I didn't have him through those years either. And neither one of them have, well, I don't, I don't know if I can say have had healthy relationships, but neither one is, it's shaped the way that they pick their man. Definitely. And it's through no fault of their own. Their dad died. You know, it's not like he was just an absentee father. He died. And that's just, I, I thought that was just super interesting to actually see, that we still are learning about Portia after all these years. Because you would think that there'd be no more story to tell after all this time. But somehow, even in, you know, random episodes, we're still getting a lot to tell. Let me tell y'all something. These people showing up and thinking they were actually going to meet Biden was the funniest shit in the world. Now, let me tell you something. I would have been so motherfucking mad had I shown up. Y'all got me thinking Biden was going to be there and he wasn't. If I'm putting on my Sunday's best to uh, drive all the way across town, I'm thinking I'm about to meet Madam Vice President. Damn, Joe Biden, I want to meet Kamala. I want to ask her what it was like back when she was an AKA. You know, I was about, I was about to hit that note, but I didn't do it. I'm just going to say pink and green. I want to know, talk to you about your pink and green days. I want to talk to you about being uh, an HBCU grad. I want to talk about all of it. I want to mention it all. 
but I pull up and it's the same bitches that Bravo pays me to go uh, sit at the Cheesecake Factory and eat lunch with every other day. Oh, hell no. I'd be so damn mad. Cynthia and Mike, y'all better than me. They pulled up. They were like, where the damn president at? <laughs> y'all got us up here. They told me, well, he really wants the black woman vote. I would have been so damn mad, but I guess that ice sculpture that y'all made for me, I guess I'll forgive it since y'all call yourselves throwing me a party. I don't know. I would have been mad as hell, though. Latoya, you tacky. Let me tell you something. I like you, Latoya, because you, you give a lot. You give what needs to be, you know, gave. But, Latoya, you a lot. Showing that naked picture of Kenya, um, I don't know. There was just a lot. Everybody at the table, I'm like, girl, I'm, try I'm trying to eat these nasty-ass Brussels sprouts. And your ass over there showing Kenya naked ass body. Uh, and you know, Marlo already said that lady booty pumped up with fix a flat and all that. I don't, well, I don't know if Marlo said that. Somebody said that shit a long time ago. Kenya, don't be mad at me, but that shit was funny as hell. <laughs> it might have been Funky Dine, but we don't say his name too much on her no more. But it might have been Funky Dineva that said that. I don't know. But listen, you do a lot. You do a lot to be on these episodes. And that's what's crazy. Drew is showing her real life and got a peach. See, this, and I, Jen Shaw, I want you to listen up because the fans are very perceptive. The fans can see through putting on for the camera. And I believe that stuff comes across even when girls are auditioning to be on the show. See, Latoya had your guy want to been on the would have wanted to be on the show. You might have gotten your peach, but we there's the stuff you're doing, like being unnecessarily rude to Fallon last week. You know, talking about Drew's hair and all like it's a lot. Like you might want to comment that I don't want one of these women to put their hands on you <laughs> because you know, look, don't play portion and uh portion and change, but. You know, we all of us only a couple of steps away from our older selves. So just just keep that in mind now, okay? Quit messing with these damn ladies. Y'all, that last scene of this uh, episode, when I tell you it tugged at my heartstrings, we have literally seen Riley go from uh, doing the jerk, <laughs> doing the jerk in the opening credits of this show, to going off to college, NYU at that, that is, wow. Riley has been a, a part of our lives for literally over a decade now. She came in season two with Candy in this season, what, 13 now? That is insane. We've literally watched her grow up. Ace wanted to go with his sister because he didn't want her hands to get dirty and she don't like to clean. Oh, my God. That, see, scenes like that almost make me want a kid. If all kids were going to be that sweet, I would definitely want one. But I don't, you listen, I get out of that shit real fast. As fast as I want a child, uh, I'm even quicker to not want one. So don't bring me no damn kid on my damn doorstep. Don't nobody come and tell me that uh, you you pregnant, none, none of that kind of shit. If you pregnant, it damn sure ain't mine unless you, you know what, let me stop. Cause that, that was about to go down a whole other direction. I was about, <laughs> I was about unless you, you know what, let me stop. I always had to stop myself. That wasn't even a, a, a get canceled moment. That was just a, a nasty moment. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Ace, that was the sweetest stuff in the world. Riley, we all wish you luck on your journey. We've been rooting for you since you were a child. We all root for Candy because Candy, 
it's unproblematic for the most part. I mean, she can be a little boring at times, but you know, hun, Cynthia balanced out the show, so we ain't got no problem with them. Uh, candy with your nasty ass. If you hear this, send me some of that bedroom candy. I don't care what you've been promising a man's line all these damn years. I don't, I don't listen. I'm gonna let you live, okay? That's all I really have for Atlanta. I mean, it didn't give a whole lot. It was just one of those funny episodes to watch. We could talk about Portia and Kenya kind of getting it at the table, but I feel like that was only the beginning. I think their beef is about to be magnified in a couple of weeks, so uh, <laughs> we'll see. Let's go ahead and, since we're talking about The Real Housewives, let's go ahead and talk about Salt Lake City. I'm going to save Dallas for last because Dallas really gave me the most this week. I've been kind of enjoying Dallas just because, you know, I told y'all that Potomac was a lot to handle this season. And so Dallas, even with them dealing with uh, the racism stuff, you know, with uh, Brandy and that that squinty-eyed Asian joke that she made, joke, and not really a joke, though. But her, you know, all of, with all of that even still... It's a lot lighter the rest of, you know, when she's not around. It's a lot lighter than Potomac was this season. And I just kind of need that right now. I can't do a super dark because I feel like Atlanta at some point this season might, you know, it has the potential to go super dark. And I don't think I want that quite yet. I need a break. I think I want a break. So let's go ahead and talk about Salt Lake City and then we'll come back to Dallas. Because they gave, they gave me a little to work with. Now, look, once again, we got an episode where Mary Cosby was not in any group scenes. She was in her bedroom, once again, with all them damn clothes, on the phone, on FaceTime with Whitney, yada, yada, yada. I, ugh, listen, the first half of the season and the second half of the season are so polar opposite to me. Now, don't get it twisted, because I still enjoy watching Salt Lake City. But I'm going to be honest, I don't enjoy it nearly as much as I did the first half, because I felt like Mary was such an integral part of the first half of the season that now that she's not there, I really, really notice her absence. The thing is, if y'all are going to continue to talk about Mary, I don't know, she kind of needs to be there. I'm not okay with Mary not being there. She's the, the craziest, nuttiest, bird shit, bat shit, crazy woman. But I love watching her on my TV for those reasons. I feel like she was the the perfect housewife on this show. She came with scandal. I mean, a, a ton of scandal. She came with the mess. She could shave and read the hell out of people. I need more Mary. And then it looks like next week y'all are going on a, a what's it called? a group trip, and she's not there either. I know I explained this rumor last week, but, you know, apparently Mary wasn't supposed to be a uh, full-time housewife. She got put in by the production company. She's going to be a friend of. Then she got put in full-time because she was giving. So, I don't know. Maybe that's... I I just don't like it. I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like... The show, I still watch it. There are enough characters on here to like, but I don't know. It's just something missing without Mary. I want to hear y'all thoughts about that because that's I've been wondering how people feel without Mary's presence, but I don't know. Y'all, the episode opens 
with Jen revealing that she really hasn't talked to Sharif <laughs> or that he's not talking to her rather. And, you know, she's kind of blaming the world as to why at the same time, you know, even though it's your fault and you did it at the same time, Whitney is telling Heather that, you know, bitch, you jumped in. I was mad. You know, I was telling that lady why I had an issue with her and then you jumped in and made it worse. So it seemed like everybody want to blame everybody for something. But then later on in the episode, they just say, you know what? Let's go ahead and uh fight. <laughs> no, that's the basketball wives way. Child, basketball wives coming back in February too. So are the, the New Jersey housewives. That's just go that month gonna be a whole lot, but you think I'm gonna watch it, you damn skippy. Now look, I told y'all last week. I don't like seeing Meredith and Seth kiss. I don't know why, but it's, it just looks nasty to me. You know how you, you remember when you were a kid and uh, you, you, like your grandparents or your, your nasty auntie, she would uh, bring a man home and she'd be kissing on him. You'd be like, ugh, y'all. <laughs> like, ugh, I know what you do. Why you, ugh, y'all kiss. It's just like, that. I don't know. I told y'all, Seth opened his whole mouth when he, I don't, it's, ugh. It's a lot. I don't know. I don't like, and they kissed in this episode when they went out to dinner with Lisa and, uh, what's the damn man name? I don't know. The Barlow's hell. It's, I don't know. It's just gross. But anyway, they announced that they're officially like back together. And of course, you know, Lisa, oh my God, I love that. Can I touch? So I, I guess she touched him after that. I don't know. Let, let's go ahead and get to the crux of this episode, which of course Whitney invites Jen out to a spa. Girl, I, I, I don't know if that's where they shot uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but she invited that lady somewhere that looked like, I told y'all, uh, I'm too much of a crime junkie, a true crime fanatic to let somebody invite me out to somewhere where I can't see no, uh, if I can't see no Wi-Fi towers or no Burger Kings, or I don't know, you can't invite me out there. That's a little too scary for me. Now, I'm one of those people, I'm a daredevil. I'll do just about anything, but it got to be somewhere where I can see what's happening. You're not about to invite me out to no uh, no countryside to kill my ass. You're not going to do it. Whitney invites her out to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Spa. <laughs> and basically, she wants to apologize. You know, they all get there. They get in these, like, natural water bathtub I don't know it's some outside they had to hike up a mountain to, to get to the damn bathtub now see you're doing a lot of work just to get this lady an apology but okay so like Whitney apologizes to her Heather apologizes to her everybody is apologizing except Jen Shaw of course Jen is blaming everybody for everything you know you're the reason I threw that glass you're the reason I cussed my husband the fuck out you the reason I embarrassed myself in front of my children. You the reason I paid all this money for this party and then had to leave early. Oh, that's right. Okay. You know, you know, I love logic. If that's, if that's your logic, then listen, I'm going to ride with you. Okay, Jen. It's all they fault. Thank God for Heather being practical. Heather was sitting there at every turn trying to explain everything down to Jen. Jen, listen, if Heather can't get to you, it's, it's not your fault. It's not their fault that Sharif hasn't been home. You can't put that on them. Your reaction caused that too. It's not, that man wasn't going around saying Whitney ruined my birthday. 
he was saying my wife got drunk and had a, a badass reaction and you can only blame yourself for that. You can't blame all your friends for you throwing a damn glass and for you running past your children and going up to your husband screaming, let's fucking go. And all, you know, you got to, you got to take a little bit of that fault for yourself. Okay. These people, they, they can't listen. Also don't treat production badly. You know how we feel. We've never like, you know, like Nene pulling that man's damn shirt when them people was going up in her closet. We didn't like uh, Denise Richards pimping them people out. <laughs> we don't like you splashing water all over them people. Shit. Quit splashing water on them people. Shit. That man had to stop the scene and ask you, now, why the hell would you do that, girl? You saw me standing right here. She said, well, why would you film me while I'm in a bathtub? Now, that did that, that, that make a little sense, but... They got to film you. That lady put you in that damn bathtub so she could apologize and you out here not accepting apologies. You got to come out and uh, walk away and then come back to get a damn apology. See, let me stop. Because you know what? By the end of the episode, I was actually feeling bad for Jen. Now, Jen, you finally gave us a moment that didn't feel rehearsed. Now, I don't want y'all to think that I don't like Jen on the show. I see Jen's value. She's really, you know, she's a, a an integral part of the show. I see it. You know, I like her on there. It's just a lot of the moments feel a little forced, you know. So, uh, Jen, I'm, Jen, you know, sometimes it's it's a little hard to to ride with you. But the end of this episode, when you sat Sharif down to talk to him, and you said that uh, he starts off by saying he hadn't talked to you because you were too drunk and that you are embarrassing, you know, that kind of stuff. And she says she's been drinking because she's still upset about having to deal with the death of her father basically alone. We found out that Sharif didn't even go to the damn funeral. He couldn't come, apparently. Now, see, now all this misplaced anger makes sense. You met the man. I, I can understand that. You know, I've lost my father. I couldn't imagine if I was married to somebody and they couldn't bother, you know, they couldn't be bothered coming to the damn funeral. That would I would have been drawing up them damn divorce papers as quick as I was drawing up uh, how I was going to scam them damn <laughs> funeral people out of a dollar. Because, listen, I ain't paying no damn $10,000 for no funeral. I'm going to cre cremate my ass. And then, matter of fact, sell my body for signs. Make I, I want you to profit off of my death. Anybody out there, if, if, if we get married one day and I die... I cremate me, sell my body to science, and profit off of my death. Don't get no damn uh, funeral home people $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 just to bury my... I wish the hell you would. You know what? I'm rambling at this point. Jen, I feel bad for you. Girl, whatever. Let's go to Dallas. Listen, the addition of Dr. Moon on The Real Housewives of Dallas... My God, my God, I am feeling Dr. Moon. I'm feeling every little thing that she has given to us. Listen, let me tell you why I go up for Dr. Moon so much. That woman opened this episode up and I'm going to quote her exactly because it's everything that needs to be said on reality TV right now. The stuff that we talk about at our kitchen tables as minorities is being discussed on this show. And I love everything about it. She said, 
Asians are considered the model minority because we tend to not make us think about things. But I think it's it, the time has come for Asians, for black people, for everyone to speak out. This is America. It's 2020. We can do better. Yes, God, my God, my God. That's right, Tiffany. I love everything about that. You better break them myths down. See, a lot of y'all might not know what she's talking about. But one of the reasons that people always feel like issues are black and white are because black people tend to be the minorities that have no issue verbalizing their pain or verbalizing their trauma or verbalizing the indiscreet, you know, verbalizing all of the, the wrongs that have been done to them or verbalizing basically anything, the racism, the, uh, the injustices, anything done to them. We have no problem verbalizing because we know that through protest, through speaking about it, through talking about it, through action, all of that is how things are going to change. The reason why minorities like Asians are usually considered to be not as problematic or not as vocal about the kind of stuff is because they uh, are the ones that, you know, they can say, oh, well, Asians don't talk about that. So, you know, it must, nothing's wrong with it. And so for her to vocalize basically that, yeah, we're considered the model minority because we don't usually, you know, make us think about that kind of stuff, that that is a powerful level of self-awareness and it's a powerful level that you followed it up by saying that has to change because nothing in our communities are going to change if we just stay silent about it. Now, we have gone through a whole year of telling people why it's dangerous to stay silent about stuff. We have made people march in the streets with us and everything. So hearing her say that the model myth on TV, wow. That's why I go up for Dr. Tiffany, not just because of your house, because you got a nice ass house, okay? <laughs> now, I go up for you, Dr. Moon, everything about you. You ain't gave me a reason not to dislike you yet, so I'm going all the way up for you. I'm going Empire State Building up for you, okay? I'm going St. Louis Arch up for you, you hear me? I'm going Eiffel Tower up for you, okay? I'm going up for you, not Statue of Liberty. I don't fuck with her like that, okay? But the rest of them people, I'm, I'm going up for you, you hear me? Whew, I, I, I like you, Dr. Moon. Now, everybody else, you know, I got beef with some of y'all, but most of y'all, y'all okay with me. Deandra, let me, let me go ahead and say this. Let me, and I mean this with all due disrespect. Deandra, get the fuck off my TV. <laughs> you and that shaman, y'all are nasty as hell. Nastier than I, let me tell you something. Was that man... Was that man sucking boogers out of your nose? I need to know what the hell was going on during that scene. Because when I watched it, I have never let out a scream as loud as I have. Ooh, while, I, ooh, while I was watching that scene, DeAndre, I don't do snot. I don't do phlegm. I don't do sneeze. I, none of that. I don't do not spit. I, uh, it can, when people clear their throat, and I can hear that that uh, congestion in their throat. It grosses me out beyond measure. Oh, it is the nastiest thing in the world. 
And for you to, I don't know what was going on, but I just assumed that man was sucking the spirits and the demons out of your ass. <laughs> he was sucking the spirit of Leanne Locking out of your ass. But even still, I know a booger came up while he was sucking that spirit out. I have never been so grossed out in my life. Deandra, I want you off my TV, damn it, and I want you off now. You go, you go have to really show out the rest of the season and get back on my good side. That, that bothered me so damn badly. I had to pause that episode and go get me something to drink. Y'all know I only drink and eat during a certain amount of hours. The rest of the time I'm drinking water. I had to break my intermittent fast just to give me something to drink. Because I was not okay with what the hell I was seeing on my TV screen. Girl, you fucked up my whole year. And t- we, we were 13 days into 2021. And my whole damn year ruined because of you. I hope you happy. Let me tell y'all something. Dr. Tiffany Moon's house is everything. Everything we needed to be. And the girls are mad. <laughs> Cam is mad about it. And Stephanie is mad about it. Stephanie, I've never pegged you for a hater. But you know you was doing some hating. We didn't see your house all on uh, BravoTV.com. And you know damn well it's part of the Housewives game to show off the house. And you are a new guest in that lady's home. Don't act like you weren't expecting no damn tour. See, y'all doing the most. Let me tell you something. This lady has a wine cellar that looks like the Louvre underground. Five bedrooms. Tons of marble. A glam station. A closet with a fingerprint lock. Custom Gucci purse cabinet. Look, it's a lot going on. I I know one thing. That uh, damn finger lock. I'm going to start calling you Inspector Moon. Inspector Moon. I know that's right. I'm not mad at you. The girls were mad at you about that house, but guess what? They will have to get over it. You got your own wine in that bitch. I ain't mad at you, Dr. Moon. See, you give me everything I need a new housewife to give. A good, listen, don't let them people talk you out of showing off your home, okay? That's a nice-ass house. You had all them high ceilings. See, I commented on your house last week before you even showed us for real, for real this week. See, that's how you know your house. But if your house bad in the background before you even gave us a tour, that's a bad house. Don't let them people talk about your house, Dr. Moon. Inspect the moon. Inspect the moon. I'm glad. I love whenever we see whether young or old. I love seeing growth in the characters that we meet on this TV show. Carrie's daughter. Now, child, don't ask me her name. I don't know the motherfucker that much. But Carrie's daughter. I love everything about this scene between Carrie and her her aunt, oldest, maybe oldest child, her, the oldest daughter. We'll call her oldest for the sake of this podcast because I'm not going to mention none of the other damn kids on here. So her oldest daughter now lives out in L.A. She talked about everything from how she's become more educated living out there. She talked about outgrowing her friends who, uh, it sounded like her older friends who were like back in Texas, you know, uh, texting with them in the group chat and how they don't understand why people are protesting black for black lives. And she's saying, you know, why the hell wouldn't they protest? If these things were happening in your communities, you'd be protesting too. She got emotional when she was talking about, you know, coming back to Texas and people using the N-words so freely at parties. She has gone through a very, she's gone through the growth that you would hope all of your children have in college. You know, high school is the time where you're just, you know, 
you're meaninglessly going through life following your friends and, you know, hoping to stand out one day. College is when you make the friends that you can be yourself with, really. The people that no matter what are always going to be cool with you because they're getting to finally know the real you and the real you is ever changing, but they're okay with that because they're getting to know that ever changing person that Carrie, you should as trifling as you are Carrie, you should be proud that you've raised a great daughter like that. I love seeing that. We love to see it. Carrie, I don't mind you bringing her. As a matter of fact, uh, give her Deandra star. <laughs> she can have Deandra. star. I don't need no more, uh, to see nothing else getting sucked up out of Deandra uh, on this show anymore. So your daughter, you know what? Your daughter can have her star and she can stand up there next to uh, Dr. Moon in the opening credits. Side note, speaking about Deandra, we learned that, I don't know if we had known this before, but her father, apparently when he died, he left like dueling wheels, meaning that like he left one copy and then he left another copy and people weren't sure which one was the correct one. Well, Deandra took her family to court. She was like, I think the fuck not. She took them people to court and she was like, no, nah, this is the real wheel. <laughs> this is the real wheel. Y'all got me fucked up. Y'all think that's the fake one. Uh-uh. She went to court. She took the people to court and she won. She got her money. She wasn't playing with them folk. And apparently it really affected her relationship with her brother who she left the other wheel to. Now, I don't know how them people are now, but she said she claimed the people don't speak to her. She sent the man well wishes about uh, his baby. That man said, ha ha, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's the most bland shit you can, you can never text somebody. Keep that. You know what? Keep that for the green bubble uh, text messages. Don't I message me. Ha ha, thank you. I that, that shit is for green bubble only. Do not blue bubble me and say, ha ha, thank you. See that? Now you being smart, bitch. I don't like you either. See that? And you don't want to have to say that to nobody. <laughs> That's the thing. You know what? Deandra, I might let you come back to the show. It just, you, you got some making up to do. I'm still mad at you about that snot, but I'm going to move on anyway. Another random aside. In the world of Housewives, it's really funny how much the friend role fluctuates between shows and between seasons. Like, think about Atlanta. Marlo, Tanya, and uh, LaToya, all friends of the show. Shamia, you know, all these people we know, I don't know if it's just because of years or what, but it's funny that, like, we see so much of their lives, but then, like, a Jen Davis on the Real Housewives of Dallas is such like a background character almost. Maybe we'll get to know her more. I don't know. But it's always been weird to me how like, think about Barbara on uh, Mayor Barb <laughs> on the Real Housewives of New York. She played a big role, but I think she was supposed to be a, a apple holder or whatever. I don't know. It's weird that like sudden on New York, I mean on uh, Beverly Hills, huge impact. She was supposed to be a main person, but I don't know. It's just weird that like some people that are announced as friends are treated entirely different than other cast members. I don't know. Maybe some people just do better as friends, but maybe that ain't my damn business. No way. So, you know what, Jen, let me stop counting your money. <laughs> it's black folks. So let me stop counting your money and get the hell up out of your business because I don't want no beef with you and you, you definitely don't want none with me, okay? Despite them people hating on her house, 
Tiffany throws them a whole dim sum party because she wants them to get to know her culture. You know, she asked them to try different things and, you know, just, ask, you know, asking them to try the stuff. They can't even do that. You know, some of them are trying it. Some cam won't try a damn thing. Cam, I'm sick of your chicken finger eating ass. You try to go out the country, cross the country. And you just trying to eat chicken tenders like a, a damn three-year-old everywhere you go. If that shit ain't tiring, I hate, I know it sounds like I'm worked up about this, but I hate traveling with people like that. That is the most annoying thing in the world. You're not going to try nothing. Damn good. I mean, just take a nip, bite a little bit of the damn chicken foot. You'll be all right. It ain't going to kill you. Just try a little bit of it. It's bothering you that much. See, that would have been exactly when I would have told the, uh, whatever ghost they sucked up out of Deandra, <laughs> I would have told whatever to attack your ass because you want to eat some damn chicken tenders all with that. You know what? You made me mad, Cameron. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.